from 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. This is the K1 Podcast. Welcome to the K1 Podcast. I'm Kevin Zimmerman, as always, joined by Rudy Carpenter. It's Monday, day after the Cardinals lost 30-27 to the Tampa Bay Bucks, And we keep seeing oscillating kind of how they use Kyler Murray. It's sometimes when it's rainy and it's in New York, they're just going to run the ball, run the ball, and he's just going to be a game manager. Yesterday, it was, we're going to pass against the number one run defense in the NFL, and he passed 44 times, completed 27 balls for 324 yards, three touchdowns, and a really key interception. We'll get into the guts of that, but I mean, the biggest takeaway was he set the rookie NFL record for passes attempted without a pick and that ended at 211 and it was what i think 40 passes beyond the previous mark i mean do you think that's just when you look at kyler and not the cardinals the biggest takeaway was i mean that could still be going if trent Sherfield doesn't fall down to my, in my opinion yeah that's a possibility i mean look uh that that streak is very impressive. It's very impressive for a bunch of reasons. Number one, as a rookie, it's very difficult to execute at a high level. As a rookie, it's very difficult to um, have the the amount of the number of pass attempts that he's had without having a ball get tipped or without having a guy drop a ball and and just someone making a lucky play. So he he's had some things you know go his way and the ball has bounced his way to a certain extent but more impressive what's more impressive is the fact that in so many of these games the Arizona Cardinals have been down points or chasing points which have forced them to throw the ball a lot and when you're down points you're chasing points you're trying to get back into the game as a quarterback especially a rookie quarterback you're going to be more apt to put the ball in the air and take more chances and throw more 50-50 balls up there because you're trying to score, obviously. And, and, and Kyler's done a really good job. Like I said, we've talked about it a ton on this podcast. Some of the things that are so impressive about Kyler are things you can't coach, in my opinion. It's very hard to coach demeanor. It's very hard to coach body language. It's very hard to coach poise. It's very hard to coach... I mean, th- those types of things are very, very difficult to coach. And and Kyler has a... a, a a confidence about him, a swagger about him. His poise and his composure is really, really good. His body language is good. Those things are, are, are in my view, very impressive about Kyler, and, and he seems to be getting better every single week. And, and to me, as a rookie, when even if you're losing games, you're 3-6-1, and one, and you can say it's not because of our rookie quarterback – that's a that to me that's a significant thing. A lot of these teams feel like, hey, if we had a more experienced quarterback or a veteran quarterback, we'd be we'd be a lot better. Look at Sam Darnold with the Jets. People are still talking about his youth and his inexperience and and when he cleans some of that stuff up, he's going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. We don't see those things with Kyler. In my opinion, what we really see with Kyler is, can you imagine if Kyler had some more weapons? Can you imagine if Kyler had a better offensive line? Could you imagine if Kyler's defense put him in better positions? So to me, Kyler's been a very good player for the Arizona Cardinals. I think he can be a franchise player. He's done a great job making plays with his legs. He's done a great job making plays, throwing the football. Christian Kirk had three touchdown catches yesterday, by far his best game as a pro. So to me, Kyler's done a very, very, a very good job with this team. They just have so many personnel issues at various places. I think when you speak to his 
confidence and how he's just unflustered. I mean, you look at they were getting early pressure on him. He had a couple overthrows, one where he's literally like wincing, like because there's I don't know if it was Barrett or someone else right in his face when he let go of it. But then he comes back, he gets better as the game goes on. I mean, that throw to Fitz, when you watch it, like at first, when I first watch it, it's like, okay, he kind of overthrew that almost. But then you watch it again, and it's like, no, the DB was right in front of Fitz. Like he was trying to break on that ball, I think. And yeah, Tyler D- just put it where he's like, all right, Larry, you have to go do something amazing. And he did. Well, but I also, yeah, look, there's no question that that catch by Larry Fitzgerald was amazing. It was a one-handed catch where he tipped it to himself, caught it, did a dead leg to get his to get his knee down in bounds so it was a catch. But look, Kyler Murray has done an unbelievable job placing the ball in places where only his wide receivers can catch it. That was a man-to-man coverage type play. The defensive back was undercutting the receiver. Kyler Murray threw a teardrop type pass where it just went over the defender's hand, perfectly placed for Larry to at least make a play on the football. One of the things that stuck out to me so much about this last game was the number of throws that Kyler Murray made with a free hitter in his face, a free rusher in his face, or all-out blitzes where he's literally flat-footed, can't step into the throw. He's throwing the football to a receiver as he's fading or falling back to absorb the hit. Those are very difficult things to do, but what that shows you is, number one, he's reading the defense good. Number two, he's identifying the blitz. Number three, he understands with each blitz where the soft spot in that defense is. He's giving ground. He's using his footwork. He's changing his arm angles. He's changing the trajectories on the ball to give his guys chances to make plays while he's under heavy, heavy pressure. So one of the things you hear about franchise quarterbacks all the time which it's kind of the argument with Dak Prescott right now. People want to know, should we pay Dak Prescott $30 million, $35 million, $40 million a year, whatever it is? And the argument is, if you're going to pay a guy that much money, he needs to make everybody else around him better. Similar to what we see Patrick Mahomes doing, right? And so to me, that's probably the correct answer and that's what you've seen from Kyler Murray he's in my view he's made a lot of these guys better just with his timing his anticipation his trajectories the off-balance throws the off-platform throws the improvisation he's been able to do both while scrambling and making throws and using his legs to run the football he had a couple great runs yesterday there are no I mean the only in my view, the only real bad thing he did yesterday was that interception he threw, and that was just a, a a difficult situation. It just more was the timing of when that interception happened. Um, Cliff tried to take the blame after that game. for He just said the play design wasn't great, um, and then Kyler, to his credit, also took the blame. Do you put that on anyone? Do you think it's just one of those you're trying to go for a shot get in the red zone deeper I mean did you see any fault on necessarily Kyler's part even well and see to me that's one of the interesting things about the media right is it's like as soon as a mistake like that happens or something happens everybody wants to you know hey why did you do that or they want to like kind of attack that that one issue and that's super easy to do but when you're Cliff and you're Kyler and and you're three and six at that point you're three five and one Look, it's it's about development for Kyler, but you're also trying to win the football game. And so to me, I never I'm never upset at a coach 
who has a losing record in the NFL at this point, who's trying to do whatever it takes to show his team, especially his young quarterback, that he has faith in them to make big plays in big moments in the game. Look, it didn't happen. And and more so, it gave Kyler a great opportunity to have to get rid of that negative play, clear his mind of that negative play, and, and then show his team he can bounce back and make some great plays throughout the remainder of the game, which he was able to do. So and and also oh, yeah, I think those ahead. interceptions too those things always cancel themselves out. That was a a tough situation. Sherfield obviously fell. The guy made a, a a good play on the football. It might have been pass interference. It might not have been. The guy made a great play on on the ball. Right. Good for him. But it also came back because Kyler should have thrown another pick on the ball that got tipped that Christian Kirk caught for a touchdown. So to me, again, some of these things, um, you know. They, they cancel each other out. So Christian Kirk, I mean, I think he looked like he's pretty much over that high ankle sprain that he was really struggling, I think, just to get on the field. And then I don't think he was 100% as far as cutting and stuff. But his like speed showed on Sunday, six catches, 138 yards, three touchdowns. One was just a breakdown in coverage by the Bucks, I think. And then Andy Isabella again kind of showed up, 78 yards, three catches. And then they went to Fitz eight times. Um do you think that they're kind of that might be a good sign they're turning the corner as far as using those three guys because two of them have elite speed fits is fits you have to get him the ball I mean I say that but then the running backs are pretty non-existent in this one too yeah so that's what I was going to say look uh, let's talk about each one of these guys Christian yeah. Kirk I spent a lot of time around Christian Kirk he's a very impressive kid he's his football IQ is is unbelievable for a young player if you ask me his professionalism is unbelievable for a young player if you ask me but more so than anything why I think Christian Kirk will play a long time in the NFL and why I think he'll have a lot of success in the NFL is because Christian Kirk is a wide receiver who understands that being quarterback friendly is a key key thing about playing the position what Christian Kirk does is he's a great route runner. He recognizes coverage. He recognizes blitzes. And more importantly, he's where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And, and as a quarterback, that's something that you can count on. There are a lot of small nuanced things and intricacies to running routes that are very important. Some guys do them well. Other guys don't. And Christian Kirk is a very detailed route runner. He's very detailed in his preparation. He takes it seriously. And, and, and because of those things, Christian is trusted by all of the quarterbacks on the team. And it's important to be that way. It's why he was able to play early last year as a rookie because he, he had the trust of his teammates. And so Christian, to me, if you can find a bunch of players like Christian, you want those guys. Andy Isabella is finally coming around a little bit. I don't think Andy Isabella is ever going to be a guy that gets you know eight, nine, ten targets a game. To me... He's a player that is a situational guy. He's a, he's a player that just by being on the field, he scares you with his speed. Yeah. And you want to try to find a couple ways per game to get him the ball. That might be a jet sweep. You're handing him the ball. It might be a reverse. You're handing him the ball. It might be a screen or a wide receiver screen or a bubble screen throwing him the ball. Or it might be a couple shot plays designed for him, maybe a double move, a hitch and go, or a comeback and go, or a stutter go, or some type of you know play we saw last in the deep over where he caught it and made a big play. But very important in this game, he ran a shallow cross, a little 
quick little route that's not hard. He recognized zone coverage. He sat down, showed the quarterback his numbers. The quarterback put the ball on him, and then he did the rest. And you could see when he caught the ball and found some green grass, you could see almost the entire Tampa Bay secondary collectively say, oh, shoot. And they didn't go try to make the tackle. They all ran at an angle to try to get in front of him knowing of his elite speed. And that shows they were warned. And they game plan, this guy can really run. That's supremely important. Obviously, Larry Fitzgerald, eight catches, 71 yards, 8.9 yards per catch. Look, he's still an unbelievable player, playing at a high level. Very, very good for, for uh, Kyler Murray to have him, you know, obviously on the, ro- on the roster and making big plays. The one area where I was a little bit disappointed yesterday was I thought they could have got a lot more out of Kenyon Drake. Look, I love David Johnson. He's been a great player. He's been very productive. I'm not one of those guys that said, oh, I'm done with David Johnson because he fumbled the ball in a tough situation. But I think there's a lot more to that story. And when, when, when Cliff Kingsbury comes out and says, yes, I took him out of the game after that fumble, I think that says a lot about the relationship. It says a lot about what the Arizona Cardinals right now think about David Johnson and where he's at. Because David Johnson has not had a fumbling problem this season. I believe that was the first fumble they've lost all season. And so for him to quickly give him the hook and take him out of the game tells me that they're frustrated with David Johnson. Whether they're frustrated with his health, whether they're frustrated with his effort, whether they're frustrated with his productivity, I don't know. But they are frustrated enough with him to pull him out of the game and put him on the bench when you're down by three points and you essentially say, you know, we have better options and a a guy who hasn't been here for very long. I think that says a lot about where this organization is right now with guys like David Johnson. It kind of screams accountability, right? I mean, or at least saying, hey, you didn't look right because of that ankle injury. And I think just the way that they've handled injuries with even Kirk in the last few weeks, they might have just had David out there so they could scare the Bucks into game planning for him and all that. I mean, you looked at the few runs that he did have. He looked kind of apprehensive. He was looking for holes that weren't there, and then they were just um, stuffing him at the line. So I think it, it could be injury. We don't know. Um, like you said, it could be frustration in general about something. So we'll that's going to come today. Cliff hasn't talked to the media since they got back. That's this afternoon. Um, Look, all I'm saying yeah. is this. I know this is supposed to be about Kyler Murray, but again, when when you're the Arizona Cardinals and, and you've had some of the issues with Patrick Peterson that you've had where he's complained, he's asked for a trade, he's, he's been vocal at some point in time, then he has the suspension, then he comes back last week and gets beat like a drum a couple times by the 49ers. Then he comes back in this game where he has a huge matchup with a guy like Mike Evans or Chris Goodwin who, who I mean, had a few big plays in this football game. And, and, and I don't even think in this game, look, I'm not saying Patrick played good, bad, or indifferent. He just didn't really respond and he had a calf injury. But more so than that, when you have a guy like David or when you have a guy like Patrick Peterson who's jumping off sides on a massive field oh, yeah. goal at the end of the game is such a problem. And to me, what that really screams is selfishness because that's a guy like Patrick Peterson who said, Okay, I don't have a responsibility on this defense. I don't have a zone. I don't have a man I'm covering. This is me lining up in my position and I'm just gonna make something up and try and go block the kick. And what that really says is I don't believe that 
we have enough on offense to go down and score, or I don't believe we can go down and win this football game unless we block this kick or he misses it, right? And then you add that on top of the fact that earlier David Johnson had that massive fumble in a situation where they could have put points on the board too. You just can't win football games when two of your franchise players and two of your veteran players and your most experienced players, I believe both those guys, or at least I know David does, has a C on their jersey. You just can't win when guys do that. And you look at some of the young guys. Christian Kirk playing his ass off with injuries. Even though Andy Isabella hasn't been crazy productive, he's, you can tell he's competing and he's playing and he's trying to practice. He's earning and, it because they said that, yeah. He's trying to earn more opportunities. Kenyon Drake came in here uh, on a trade, only here for a few days, and you can tell by the way he's running and catching the football that he wants to be here and he wants to play in his competitive spirit is really, really good. And then obviously Kyler, he's been playing his ass off all year long. And so I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Cliff Kingsbury and this organization just says, hey man, look, we love you guys as players. You've done a lot of great stuff for the organization and and that is what it is. But we got some young guys right now who really want to play and we're going to give them that opportunity. So let's see, where am I going? Do you want to see... Uh, Kyler more involved in d- designed runs or that kind of look, just especially when you don't have a ground game going like yesterday? I don't know what I want to see from Kyler because he's been playing so good in the past game and yeah. his decision-making has been really good. Like I said, he's he. one thing you can tell about Kyler that's very difficult. A few weeks ago, we saw Sam Darnold on TV say he's seen ghosts. And I think that was overplayed. Anybody who's played the quarterback position or has sat in quarterback meetings, that's a term or a phrase or a wording, whatever you want to use, that you hear all the time. Because it can be very hard in certain aspects not to see ghosts. And what that means is is when you have defenses who are moving around, they're doing walk-around fronts, they're trying to, to disguise blitzes or disguise coverages or just disguise different looks in general, that's why they're doing that, to force you to see things that maybe aren't there. So it's, it's commonplace. But with Kyler, you can definitely see he has confidence. You can definitely see that he trusts what he sees. And that is a very difficult thing to do as a quarterback in general, but especially a rookie. He definitely trusts what he sees. And because of that, it allows him to play very decisive and very aggressive. And when you play that way... It allows you to be accurate. It allows you to anticipate throws. It allows you to change trajectories and arm angles and be creative at the position. With that being said, we know Kyler has some speed and he has some juice and he has some twitch to him that can be used at times in the run game. We saw some scrambles yesterday. We saw a designed run on on a zone read where he had a big run up the Cardinals sideline. That was impressive. But when you turn on And I know it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, so I totally understand that. They're a horrible team. They scored on almost every possession. But when you turn on the film and you watch Lamar Jackson play for the Baltimore Ravens, I was just on the Doug and Wolf show talking about this. I said it a few weeks ago. I think the Cardinals should just go full air raid, and people got all crazy because <laughs> well, oh, they're they're running the ball better with a tight end and, a, and and two tight ends or an extra running back. And I understand that. I didn't mean full air raid of going five wide and throwing the ball eighty times a game. Like Cliff said, he's used to playing in the Big Twelve where he's got ninety plays a game. Now he's getting sixty-five to seventy plays a game. What I was talking about is is going full college scheme, using the tempo. 
using the gimmicks, using the misdirection, using the funky formations like four by one formations, not being as traditional, having an organization realize you have a once in a generation player, you have a very gifted player in Kyler Murray who has a different skill set than almost any other quarterback out there, and it's why you drafted him. What I'm saying is, is Go full-fledged that direction just like the Baltimore Ravens do. The Baltimore Ravens have a plus-one offense in Lamar Jackson, and every single week a huge part of their run game involves the quarterback. And the Baltimore Ravens have said, we understand that when you put your franchise quarterback in that position to run around and make plays and be a big part of the running game, he's going to get hit, and he might get hurt. But that's the name of the game, and that's the position that he plays, and that's the style of game that Lamar plays, and that's how you're going to make him most successful. And the Baltimore Ravens have gone all in on doing that, whereas to me, the Arizona Cardinals have kind of like halfway done it. They've kind of halfway done it. If you turn on the offense of Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes and all the things they did, it does not look like the offense they're running now with the Cardinals. And I think part of that is difficult because dummies like me and people, analysts and media people said all offseason, well, you can't really run that style of offense. You can't create short edges to the quarterback. You're going to get your quarterback killed if you throw it 50 times a game. You can't run your quarterback like that. What it comes down to is a guy like Kyler Murray understanding how he can have longevity, which is protecting himself. And one of the great things Kyler has done this year is protect himself. We saw it yesterday in the past game. A number of times he had free rushers coming, and we saw a ton of time where he threw the ball and then faded with the hit or sank with the hit or absorbed the hit. So he was never getting just teed off on or getting hit cleanly. Something that a guy like Wark done, something that a guy like Darren Sproles have also majored in. Kyler's done a great job doing that, and he's also done a great job of doing that in the run game. So to me, it's more about having more faith and trust in Kyler, protecting himself and going all in doing it. It's also important, like the Baltimore Ravens have done, to put a backup quarterback on your team who has a similar style skill set, so that way if your guy does get hurt, you can insert quarterback number two and you can keep on rolling. And to be honest... It's much easier to win, in my view, with a backup quarterback in the style of offense the Ravens are running than almost anybody else. Brett Hundley kind of fits that to some degree. To I a mean, certain extent. He's not of, as... Of what was available, yeah. No question. That's the key part of what was available. There's no question Brett can do a lot of those things, and he's athletic enough to do it. So, look, it'll be interesting to see... What the Arizona Cardinals do, you know, right now they're three, six, and one, but they got a tough schedule coming up. They got the 49ers next week, which they might be the best team in the NFL. You have the Rams, which now looks like a possible game you can compete in. The Rams are five and four. They just lost to the Steelers. They've been really struggling. Now you're playing a, then you got a Steelers team who no one expected to do anything once Big Ben got hurt. All of a sudden they're looking like a, a, a decent team. The Browns, winnable game. Then you have the Seahawks and the Rams. I guess all I'm saying is, is to me, the Cardinals could be in some serious trouble the rest of the way because they got a very, very tough schedule. They're going to have to hopefully find a way to make a few plays on offense and defense to maybe squeak one of these games out. I think we all are uh, still 
week after week, we're just high on Kyler Murray. Um, all the issues are <laughs> elsewhere, and there are quite a few. But yeah, I mean, this this season is they've taken some lumps, and I guess the only positives out of those are last year we didn't even have the opportunity to say there's a few moral victories within loss after loss. Look, there's been two positives to me. There's a lot more than two positives, but the main two positives to me have been, I think you've definitely identified who your franchise quarterback can be. Kyler can play football at this level. He can be a great player at this level. Now you just got to build around him. You got to build an offensive line. You got to find your running back core. You got to Build your wide receiver core and add depth to that wide receiver core of good players, especially if you're going to have as, as the, run the style of offense the Cardinals are running want to throw the ball as much as they want to throw the ball and be in some 10 personnel. You've got to just find depth at those positions so when a guy like Christian Kirk does go down, you have guys who can fill those spots. But the other thing that's been very positive in, in, in my opinion, for the Arizona Cardinals this year, is Cliff Kingsbury. I think Cliff Kingsbury has answered a lot of questions. Let's be real. When Cliff Kingsbury got this job here, a lot of people around the country laughed at him because he was never even a winning coach at Texas Tech. And and people think, how can you, how can you be a barely 500 coach or less than 500 coach in college and come to the NFL and be successful? But one of the things that we've seen from Cliff that I think has been refreshing is, number one, he's trying to get rid of the old guard and the old way of thinking. He wants to be more progressive in how they think and how they operate their organization and how they operate their offense. The other thing is he's done a great job of, of, of limiting or essentially, in my view, totally getting rid of the ego and when you're a guy like cliff kingsbury who's young good looking dude making a lot of money all of the things that are said about him it can be very easy to get wrapped up into that it can also be very easy for you to be a good guy but people have a perception of what your ego is and cliff has done an amazing job in my opinion of of limiting that taking a lot of responsibility on his shoulders and really trying to take a lot of blame for things that go on um, on the field during games that might not be his fault and essentially you know, covering for his players, which inside the locker room and inside the organization is super important and down the road will help with people buying in to, to Cliff as a head coach, but also Cliff as an offensive coach and Cliff as a play caller. I think organizationally and leadership wise he's been really good obviously the play calling i think we've been impressed with his creativity um challenges ahead with david johnson's situation because those are coming this morning and beyond about how he's going to be used about if he was benched for performance reasons all that and same thing with patrick peterson if he's out with a calf injury then we're gonna have another situation where chris jones and kevin peterson and uh, Byron Murphy are out there. So uh, a lot of challenges ahead upcoming this week. That's Rudy Carpenter. I'm Kevin Zimmerman. Thanks for listening.